Welcome to The Chapel Online. At The Chapel, we're about helping people meet, know, and follow Jesus on the campus, in the city, and around the world. Well, good morning, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and everything in between. Uh, my name is Abram Eberson. Like Andrew said, I'm the sending director here at the chapel. Um, and I just want to say that it is a privilege to be closing out 2023 just gathering, worshiping with you guys. As you've already noticed, today's a little bit different. Um, instead of a 9 o'clock and 1045 service, we are just having a 10 o'clock service and there are kids in the room. So I'm going to try to keep that in mind. I'm going to keep it quick, brief. Uh, but the new year is, it's a really important time just in our calendars, in our schedules, in our life rhythms. And it's a pivotal moment for a lot of us. We come up with goals. We look at our vision. Um, you know, what do we want to accomplish in the new year? 2024 is literally starting tomorrow, which is absolutely crazy if you actually think about that. This year uh, just flew by. I don't know if it's because we have three young kids or not, but this past year just, just went by so fast. Um, and so as the chapel, as we're stepping into 2024, as a congregation, as a body, as a church family, um, we just want to get started on the right foot. And so uh, what we're going to be doing this week and next is we're going to be looking at how, just how to have a God-honoring 2024. So it's going to be a two-part mini sermon series that's just focused on how do we as a body have a God-honoring 2024 Today's is going to be, how do we honor God by loving him through his word? Next week is going to be, how do we honor God by loving his people through his word? And so today, we are going to be uh, in the Old Testament. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh, it's a very famous passage of scripture called the Shema. If you're familiar with it, um, it has yeah, it has been something that has been so uh, central to um, Christianity. It's been so central to the Jewish tradition as well. It, it was so uh, pivotal to them that it actually became a prayer that they said twice a day. And uh, where this is, just to give a little bit of context and why we chose uh, this passage, um, at this point in the history of Israel, they are um, at a moment in their history where they are turning the page to a new chapter. They are on uh, the banks of the Jordan River, and they are about to enter into the promised land. And it's been a long journey getting there. And so what God is doing in the book of Deuteronomy, he is actually preparing his people's hearts to live a lifestyle that is honoring unto him. As they move into the promised land, he is getting them ready, preparing them to live a lifestyle that's glorifying to him, honoring to him. And overall, he wants to have a people that love him. And so as we look at this passage, we're going to see some parallels, some principles that we can pull out as we are looking forward into 2024 of how can we live a lifestyle that is honoring unto God. And so um, as we step into it, I just want to give a little bit of context. Deuteronomy is the last book of the Pentateuch. Uh, so you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, then Deuteronomy. It's the closing of the Pentateuch. At the end of that, Moses dies. And so it's, it's such a big shift, uh, even from one generation to the next. And so it's really, really important what the Lord is doing here. And so he has Moses as his servant speaking to his people. And Deuteronomy is basically just a really long sermon, again, where God is just preparing his people's hearts for this next chapter in their lives. And so if you would follow along as I read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. 
Chapter four, it starts, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols to your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Let me just pray for us, and then we're going to jump in. So, Father, we just thank you for this year. Lord, whether it was um, a difficult year or a year of celebration, God, we just dedicate this to you, and we just confess our faith in you, Lord, that we trust you in the highs and the lows of life. Lord, that we as a body are walking together um, in this journey uh, that you have us on. Uh, Father, we just pray for your wisdom today. Lord, give me the words to speak, uh, to be able to communicate your word clearly. Uh, Spirit, I just pray that you would just illuminate your scriptures to us. Father, I pray that your word would be on our hearts today and as we move forward into 2024. We just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it starts off, hear, O Israel. This first part of verse four is uh, what is called the Shema. Shema is the Hebrew word for listen or hear. And so it starts off by Moses giving a call to the people of Israel to turn their ear to the Lord and to listen to what he has to say. And so it starts off, hear, O Israel. In fact, the whole book of Deuteronomy is actually a call for the nation of Israel to listen to the Lord. The word Shema actually appears seven, uh, 91 times throughout Deuteronomy. And so just like any sermon is a call to listen to the Lord, this is what's happening here. It's a call to listen to the Lord. Again, this is an extremely famous passage um, and was extremely central in Jewish life. It was a prayer that they had said twice a day as a reminder as a nation, as a people of God, to turn their ear to the Lord and to listen to him. But whenever we say listen, this idea of listening, it's not just to hear, but there's actually to hear and obey. There's an obedience that is part of this listening uh, that the Shema is referring to. So it's not just hearing something, it's actually doing what is being commanded. Uh, An example I have of this Um, An illustration is if you're a parent, uh, you can probably relate to this. So imagine you go to your kids and you tell them, okay, it's time to clean your room. I'm going to be back in 20 minutes. So 20 minutes goes by, you come back, and you realize the room hasn't been cleaned. And so then you ask your kids, okay, well, what happened? Did you hear me? Yes, Dad, of course, we heard you. Um, We loved what you said. We actually, we wrote it down. We actually studied it, okay? We actually even spent five minutes of the 20 minutes you gave us meditating on it. And then you're like, but did you actually do it? And no, the kids didn't do it. But so oftentimes, this is what Israel fell into. They heard the commands of the Lord. They studied them. They knew them mentally, but they didn't actually obey the commands. And the same is true for us. So oftentimes, we know the commands of the Lord but we don't actually do it. We're not listening to the Lord in this sense. And it's not just an obedience out of obedience, but it's a faith-based obedience, trusting that God is good. 
And so that's the first point that we actually have today is we are to listen to God. So if we are here, we're looking at 2024 starting tomorrow, we want to have a God-honoring 2024. It starts with us listening to God. It starts with us listening to God. So we are to listen to God. And I just want to read from James uh, what he actually says about this because um, it's extremely important. So James chapter 1, two, uh, 22, he says, do not, merely be listen, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So not just hearing the law, but actually doing the law, and you will be blessed. So point number one, we are to listen to God. And so verse number, verse four, the first part is a call to listen, a call to obey. The second part of verse four is actually what they're being called to, what they're being called to obey. And what that is, is fidelity to the relationship, the covenant relationship that Israel has with the Lord. So verse four says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So this phrase, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, is a jam-packed phrase that is a reminder to the nation of Israel of their relationship with the Lord. And so Israel, again, as Moses is preaching to the nation of Israel, he is calling them to remember the covenant relationship that they have with God. And if you, uh, if you remember for Israel, they had a very difficult time uh, doing this. Um, this uh, first part, the Lord our God, um, of this statement. There's really two parts to it, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. This first part is a calling, is a reminder to the relationship that God has with Israel. And this is something that is used over and over and over again in Scripture, whether it's the Lord saying, um, I am your God, or if it's um, God's servant speaking to his people saying, the Lord our God. So this is the relationship that the Lord has with his people, the Lord our God. It even goes back to uh, when God sends Moses to redeem the people out of Egypt in Exodus 6. We see a prime example of this. It says, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And listen to this. It says, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Right? So this is all throughout Scripture, the Lord saying, I will be your God, and you will be my people. Israel belonged to the Lord, and the Lord belonged to Israel. This was um, and a relationship that they have. And the second part of this statement, uh, the phrase, the Lord alone, um, if the first part is talking about the relationship that they have, the second part is talking about that this relationship is an exclusive relationship, that Israel is to have one God, right? The Lord alone. This goes all the way back to the first commandment. If you think of the 10 commandments, the way in which it starts is like this. You shall have no other gods before me. And if you think about 
Israel and the situation that they were in, this was the issue that they had over and over and over again. They kept falling into idolatry where they would look to other gods to save them, to rescue them. They would look to other gods to provide for them. And if you think about uh, just the prime example of that is the golden calf, right? Right when God is making a covenant with his people at Mount Sinai, there they are falling into idolatry again. So when Moses calls the nation of Israel, he calls them to listen and obey, but to remember the relationship that they have with the Lord and that that relationship is an exclusive relationship. That's actually our second point for today, is that the relationship that we have with God is to be exclusive. Right? The relationship that we have with God is to be exclusive. So as we're looking forward into 2024, this is going to be our struggle. Right? Just as it was Israel's struggle, this too is our struggle, because humans from the get-go have struggled with this. Right, this is really the Achilles heel of the human heart. If you think about what really plagues us, it's the issue of idolatry, where we look to other things to satisfy and to provide. Right? And in our modern day, it might not look like Israel of looking to other gods, the gods of the sun, the moon, uh, the gods of fertility, those types of things, but we create our own idols. Right In our modern world, we still have our own idols, whether that's idols of our careers, idols of success, idols of family, safety, security, status, whatever it might be, is we create our, um, our own idols. Right? And then our affections, right, the primary affections of our hearts, then move from the Lord onto these idols. Um, John Calvin, he actually has this quote. Um, it says that the human heart is a perpetual idol factory, right? The human heart is a perpetual idol factory. And if you think about this, in my mind, it's this kind of um, this industry, this assembly line happening and how they're just cranking out item after item after item after item. That's the picture that I have in mind of our hearts as we are so quick, so prone to fall into idolatry, to create idol after idol. And this is what Israel struggled with. And if you think about their context where the Lord's preparing them as they're going into the land of Canaan, which is filled with people who are worshiping false gods, he is trying to protect them. He is preparing them for life there, to live a God-honoring life in the promised land. And so too for us, as we turn to God's word, he is preparing our hearts to live a lifestyle that is honoring unto him as we live in our context and as we are prone to creating idols. And so if we want to avoid idolatry, how do we actually do that? So as we're looking into 2024 and we want to avoid idolatry, how do we actually do that? And that is in verse five. Moses actually gives um, the solution to that. That uh, says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Right, this verse, when you uh, break it down, is all about loving the Lord with everything that we have, right? With everything that we have, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. It's a comprehensive kind of love that is a all-in kind of love. And the issue is if we're not loving God wholly, that means that something we are loving something else, right? It's a 100% commitment that we have. 
That's what we're called to, right? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. Because if we're doing that, then there is no room for idolatry in our hearts. Um, And as you probably know, this verse is an extremely central verse um, for the nation of Israel and for uh, Christianity today. Because this verse, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, is actually what Jesus says, it summarizes the law. So when he's asked about this verse in Matthew 20, 20, or in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, um, this is what he says. Someone asked him, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love, the neighbor at, love your neighbor as yourself, as the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Right, so all of the law, the 600 plus laws that God had given Israel hang on these two commandments, love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so when you think about this, what's amazing about it is that the law, as God is preparing his people, he's preparing them to love him. He doesn't just want people who are obedient to a set of rules, he wants people who love him. And one of the commentators uh, that I read He was explaining how this is extremely unique, because if you look at the religions back then, um, from all the research that they have, the history that they have, they don't have any evidence that points to any other religion saying that the point of all of it is to love that God, right? But what God is wanting is for us to love him. And if you think about this verse, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, what he's really getting at is the very purpose behind why we're here, right? The reason for um, our lives is to love God with all that we have. And if you um, really think about it, that's really what the human experience is all about. Um, It's at the core of who we are as people. Um, That is the most defining thing about us is how we love the Lord, our God. Right, so if this is the purpose for what we were created as we're looking into 2024, as the Lord with Israel was preparing their hearts to love him, the point for us, point number three, is that we are to love God wholeheartedly. Right, so as we're looking into 2024, we are to love God wholeheartedly. Now, the only issue with that is that we are gonna fall short, right? As we want to love God, God wholeheartedly, as we want all of our affections to be on him, for him to be the primary recipient of our love, all of us, our heart, soul, strength, what's going to happen is that we are going to fall short, right? We are going to fail. We are going to fall short. And so what do we do uh, to combat that? Well, that's what verse six through nine helps us with. And if you follow along six through nine, it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your feet. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I think Luke chapter 6 gives us a really good insight as to why we are to have God's commands on our hearts, right? These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Luke 6 says this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man 
brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. I'll read that again. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Right, so if we want to combat idolatry, which is going to be our biggest struggle in 2024 of truly living a lifestyle that's honoring to the Lord, how do we actually do that? Well, it's filling our hearts with the Lord's commandment. It's filling our hearts with his word. Because what happens when we do that? If our hearts are full of his word, then the overflow of our lives are going to be honoring to him, glorifying to him, loving to him, right? So as as Moses was instructing the Israelites, have these commandments written on your hearts, have them on your hearts, so too for us to have God's word on our hearts, because right? then the overflow of our lives are going to be honoring to the Lord, right? Think about our uh, marriages, think about parenting, think about going to school, think about at work. If God's word is on our heart, the overflow, the natural overflow of our lives it's going to be honoring unto him. And so, as we look forward to 2024, the number one determiner whether we are going to have a God-honoring 2024 is going to be if God's word is on our heart. And so point number four for us today is that God's word is to be on our hearts. And I just want to explain this a little bit more because we're going to fail. I mentioned we're going to stumble. We're going to fall short. We're not going to love God with everything that we have, right? If we live for five minutes into 2024, we're going to stumble, right? Probably tonight, we're going to have some kind of idol in our mind as we're thinking of 2024. And so the way in which we combat that, like I said, is to have God's word written on our hearts. But what does that actually mean? Uh, First and foremost, it's to actually have scripture intake, right? To have God's word be on our hearts, we have to take in his word. So that's reading the word, that's studying the word, that's sitting under biblical teaching, uh, hearing it, just taking it in, meditating on it, having it actually be on our hearts. But we know that just having it on our hearts isn't enough. And part of the reason why it's so crucial to have God's word on our hearts is because the written word of God, as we have scripture on our hearts, what it does is it actually points to the incarnate word, right? So the written word is gonna point to the incarnate word. So as we have scripture on our hearts, it's gonna point us towards Jesus, right? It's gonna be a reminder for us of Jesus. And the reason why that's so important is because as it reminds us of Jesus, it reminds us of his gospel, his good news. So that when we stumble, right, our minds, our hearts goes back to scripture And that points us back to Jesus and his gospel. And what is his gospel? His gospel is the reality that all of us have sinned, all of us have fallen short, all of us have not lived up to the standard of God, of his commandments. We have broken his law. We have not fulfilled our purpose of loving him wholeheartedly. And it's not a shocker, but this is gonna continue to happen. Right? Even as Christians, as we walk with the Lord, we are still going to continue to fall short. And so what's our response to that? It's a response of repenting and believing. And that's in two senses. One, we, uh, we repent and believe 
the very first time when we actually understand the gospel, there is a repentance and a belief that happens where for the first time, we actually turn our back to sin and we look to the Lord and we actively pursue him. And it is faith in Christ, but also throughout the Christian life, right? We're gonna continue to sin and it's gonna be a repenting and a believing, a constant repenting of our sins, believing in Jesus, right? Because as we have fallen short, as we have sinned, as all of humanity has, there's only been one person who has not, and that's Jesus Christ. And as he paid the penalty for our sins, it is through grace, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that we can get his righteousness. So as God is looking at us, as he has created us to love him wholeheartedly, and we fall short of that time and time again, it is through faith in Christ that we're able to fulfill that purpose in our lives of actually loving the Lord, honoring him, glorifying him, right? So the importance of having God's command on our hearts is that it's a constant reminder for us. So as we're looking into 2024, how do we have a God-honoring 24? It's gonna be having God's word written on our hearts for the purpose of reminding us of the gospel, so that whenever we fall short, whenever we sin, whenever we don't love God wholeheartedly, we are reminded that through Jesus, we can, right? It's because of him, because of his life, his death, his resurrection, that we can come before the Lord. We can even have a relationship with him. It is through this gospel message. And so just to close this out, I just wanna reread verses six through nine but I actually want to insert gospel, the gospel in there, right? So this gospel that I give you today is to be on your hearts. Impress the gospel on your children. Talk about the gospel when you sit at home. Talk about the gospel when you walk along the road. Talk about the gospel when you lie down and when you get up. Tie the gospel as symbols on your hands. Bind the gospel to your foreheads. Write the gospel on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. All right, chapel, so as we are stepping into 2024, the way in which we have a God-honoring 2024 is by loving him. It is impossible to love the Lord without Christ. We just can't do it. And so we have his word written on our hearts to remind us of the gospel of Christ that reunites us with our creator. And so it's having a God-honoring 2024 by loving God through his word. Let me pray for us and then we'll be done. Father, we just come before you this morning. Lord, thankful for the gospel. God, we are thankful for a new year. God, I pray that as we look forward to 2024, Lord, that you would remind us that it is only through Christ that we have union with you. God, I pray that you would give us the discipline to put your word on our hearts so that we may be reminded of Christ. Lord, so that when we fall short, when we stumble, when we sin, we would be quick to repent and believe. Lord, we just, yeah, we dedicate this upcoming year to you. God, again, we're grateful. We just pray your blessings over this church family. Lord, may we as a chapel body, as a chapel congregation, love you honor you, and glorify you in this upcoming year. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us. To find out more about the chapel, visit thechapelbr.com.